Today we dwell in the world of the parable. Jesus' unusual teaching. It's Jesus' confounding teaching and even confusing to his inner circle of friends. Often when we talk about the parables here at First Baptist, we talk about these stories that we lay alongside the stories of our lives. We don't try to wrangle a single truth out of them or a neat and tidy moral tidbit, but we approach a parable like a poem, not trying to wring out that one right answer, but allowing the words and the images to speak to our hearts, our lives, our imaginations. And with Jesus' parables, there's even more going on, because the community of God is at work. God the Father, a loving, creative presence. Jesus the Son, a living word in our midst. And the Holy Spirit, companioning with us, breathing life and new creation into the very depths of our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our souls. So this mystical movement is at work, and yet it's real. It's also here and now. The parables then invite us to a response. Jesus shouts, listen! A sower went out to sow. Some seed fell on the path, some fell on rocky ground, some fell among thorns, Other seed fell into good soil and brought forth grain. Listen. Lucky for us, the disciples want to hear more. And again, lucky for us, in a rare moment, Jesus actually does not answer their question with another question like he often does. So he concedes and he gives them a little more. The seeds on the path, that's the seed that gets eaten up by the deceiver. The seeds on the rock, the early adopters, they love it for a while, but then are rootless and burned away. Seeds in the thorns, they've heard it, they've received it, but then they get overwhelmed with the cares of the world the lure of wealth, a multitude of passions, and in the end, the yield is quashed. Seeds in good soil. These are the ones, they hear the word, they accept the word, and they bear fruit. And lo and behold, a bumper crop emerges. When I thought of us living or dwelling in the world of this parable this week, I got a little shall I say, Susian, as in Dr. Susian? I thought of that book that maybe you've read or you've read to your children. We did with our kids in the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, the places you'll go. Remember that one? Any thumbs up? Oh yeah, I got a few thumbs up here. Oh, the places you'll go. And I I don't know, if maybe I was watching too many Marvel TV commentaries this week, 
Any Loki fans out there? <laughs> I, I, I started mixing together kind of Susian images with uh, superhero comic book stuff, and I just imagine these four worlds dwelling around us, and us living maybe in this four-dimensional world, and let's play along with me today. Imagine that plot of land in front of you, a path with birds pecking away and snatching away all the seeds before us. Or maybe look to our right and see the rocky ground with that thin layer of silt. It doesn't have topsoil, and and so things get burned and scorched, and they're trying to grow, but then they burn up in the heat of the day. And then to our left, imagine the biggest thorn bushes you've ever seen. And they're choking the life and luster out of that tiny little plant that's just trying to do what it's trying to do. Its destiny is to grow, but instead it's thwarted and suffocated by the thorns and the weight of the world. And then behind us, imagine this lush, good soil, nurtured and fertilized and well-tilled and love. Have you ever smelt good soil? So just imagine that good, nurturing soil. And, and fruit bearing heavy on the vine, bloom upon bloom or flower upon flower, bursting with flavor and color and luscious tones and tastes. Is that working for you? Those four worlds swirling around you in Susian grandeur? And and then you hit that prosperous point in this book. My kids always love this page. I think Evan's going to be able to post it for us too. And will you succeed? Yes, you will, indeed. 98 and three quarter percent guaranteed. Do you remember the next line? Kid, you'll move mountains. But alas, Jesus is not Dr. Seuss. And so I can't offer us a happily ever after ending here, because I don't think that's what Jesus is doing in this story either. And as much as we might feel like the obvious choices, of course we want to live in good soil. We've even sung it this morning, Lord, let my heart be good soil. Open to the seed of your word, where love can grow and peace is understood. Of course we want to be good soil. But in the verge of life and living the way we've had to live for the past 15 months, uh, we don't always feel like we're in good soil. And so before we get trotting too far and too fast here, I do want us to dwell in the world of this parable, to find our lives in this story, maybe our individual life or our corporate life as a community of faith. 
Because the danger of this parable is that we can try and run with it and just think that we're good soil Christians all the time. Rah, 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 look at me. Uh, Galatians 5.22 just spills out of me perpetually. I am an effervescence fountain of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Right? How's that going for you? Because <laughs> that's good and that's nice. And yes, let our hearts be good soil. But the good news trajectory of this parable is right at the beginning. A sower went out to sow. And we can't lose sight of it. A sower went out to sow. Because when we think about those four worlds that might be swirling around us or surrounding us at any point, the path, the rocky ground, the thorns, the good soil, life is like that all the time for all of us at any given moment or any given hour. Ask any farmer. She doesn't have a bumper crop every year, does she? There's good crops and there's bad crops. There's good seasons, and there's downright terrible seasons. And I'm pretty sure that we too, like a wise farmer and realistic farmer, can say we've experienced the good and the bad and the ugly. We've been humbled by all sorts of soils and conditions. We've felt those dark forces eating us up. Or maybe we had a pretty good run, but then it started feeling silty and we got fried or we got burnt. Or the thorns overwhelmed us. The cares of the world took away our peace and our joy and our hope. But sometimes we did feel like we were in good soil, nurtured, empowered by a spirit surrounded by a community, a network that was bigger than us. But we've felt all these things. And so we gather again in this time, in this place, with this worshiping community, some of us grieving, some of us wounded, some of us regretting, some of us slowly recovering. So today, I invite us to dwell in the world of this parable, in this hour, in the day and the week that lays ahead. And remember, a sower went out to sow. That's good news. Our God is perpetually lavishing seeds upon us, season after season, in the midst of evil forces in the midst of evil ground or rockiness or suffocating thorns, the good news is that there is more seed coming. Jesus comes to us. There's more life coming. There is good soil, and we're not supposed to conjure it up in our own strength to try to get to that soil. The seed comes to us. Jesus comes to you and me, the reign of God, the grace of God, lavishly scattered upon the soil of our lives.
And God will do what only God can do. God will create. Like Colin's prayer today, behold, a new creation. God at work, sustaining, nurturing, companioning with us, helping us to grow. And somehow, some way, in small and maybe sometimes even big ways, we together will bear fruit. Not because we're Christian heroes, but truly because today and this week and in this season, a sower sows. God at work. Behold, I do new things in your midst. A living God, a living Christ, Jesus, the seed of life being lavishly scattered upon us. So I want to give you 30 or 40 seconds to quietly or silently begin this journey of dwelling in the world of this parable. May the Spirit of God speak to us in these early weeks of Pentecost. I was reading a Nowen reflection this week on the Spirit of God and the fruit of the Spirit. He writes, The Spirit of God is like our breath. God's Spirit is more intimate to us than we are to ourselves. It is the Holy Spirit of God who prays in us, who offers us gifts of love, forgiveness, kindness, goodness, gentleness, peace, and joy. It is the Holy Spirit who offers us the life that death cannot destroy. So let us always pray, come, Holy Spirit, come. So in 30 or 40 seconds of silence, we pray, come, Holy Spirit, come. And we pause to dwell in the world of today's parable. Let's do that silently, wherever we find ourselves today. O lavish, generous, bountiful, and faithful sower, hear our prayers and continue to speak to our hearts, we pray.